Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Patrick Jitto. I'm discipleship pastor here at Rockbrook Church. Uh, We've been in a series uh, looking at the major themes of the book of Proverbs. And Pastor Ryland asked me to preach from Proverbs, how to earn the respect of others. So as I was preparing the sermon, I wondered, well, haven't all the other messages in the series already covered this? I mean, we looked at how to succeed at work, cultivate my friendships, tame my temper, conquer my laziness. We consulted Proverbs to master our mouths and survive our schedules. If we're working towards all of that, aren't we going to automatically earn the respect of others? Can't we just go get waffles or something? But Proverbs is so rich with guidance. And I remembered that that I am still a work in progress. And you are too. And I am so thankful to God that he gives me grace as I continue the never-ending work on the process of becoming more Christ-like. Progress, not perfection. And you should be thankful as well. Thankful I didn't kick off today's sermon with an Aretha Franklin-style rendition of R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> now, one of the, our, our deepest desires is to be respected, to be valued, to have a good reputation. And God says that's okay. Proverbs 22.1 says, Choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. Self-worth is more important than net worth. There's a myth that that says wealth is how you get respected. If you get a lot of money, if you get rich, you get respect. Maybe you remember a time when status used to be simple. Expensive, but simple. Designer logos, shoes that cost more than rent, uh, flashy cars with really cool hood ornaments, dinners at exclusive restaurants on, on food that no one can pronounce, Uh, Living for immediate gratification. Uh, The one with the most toys wins. Now, those status symbols had high price tags, uh, but the popular noting of I'm worth it prevailed. But then the the concept of status evolved into an individuality. No longer can you wear it, drive it, live in it, work out for it, or, or eat it. If you do, you're a walking example of bad taste. Real status meant developing a distinct personal lifestyle, going against the status quo. But the problem with both sides of that pendulum swing is that it's still focusing on image, how I appear to others, how I impress others. The sermon in a sentence is this, a good reputation is built on character, not image. Reputation is what others think you are. Character is what you really are. Character is what you are in the dark, what you have left when there's nothing else left. It's those inner attitudes and motives that make you, you. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. And then we read this next sentence with me. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You know, there's this thing called an image consultant, uh, people whose job it is to improve your branding, make you more with it, hip, trendy, on fleek, 
Now, clearly, I have never used one of those image consultants, uh, although I'm sure my daughters might want to take up a collection for that investment, especially after I said on fleek in a sermon. You know, image consultants are, are a dime a dozen, but, but good luck finding a character consultant uh, because we're much more interested in image than we are with character. God says character produces respect. Well, what kind of character? Proverbs is very clear uh, of four characteristics that, that people respect. And if you want to be respected, you, you build these four characteristics into your life, and, and you'll have more than enough self-esteem. You'll feel good about yourself, and you'll be respected by respectful people. So let's jump right in. Number one, speak with integrity. This is an important theme of the Bible. And God's word is, is clear that integrity is much more important than image. It's the foundation of everything else. Proverbs 17, 7, Respected people do not tell lies, and fools have nothing worthwhile to say. You know, we admire people who are honest, who, who have integrity. Uh, honest Abe Lincoln, George Washington. That's about it when it comes to politicians. Um, <laughs> Athletes like Michael Jordan or, or Tim Tebow might be considered. Uh, People Magazine might put Tom Hanks on their list. But when it comes to honesty, we have the best example in Jesus. Truth personified. He said, I am the truth. Not I have it. I am it. God cannot tell a lie. But the Bible says the devil is the father of all lies. And who do you want to be associated with? Now, integrity involves more than just honesty. It involves dependability. Proverbs 25, 14. A person who promises a gift but doesn't give it is like clouds and wind that bring no rain. This verse is like a kid who, who loves snow. And, and there's supposed to be a big snowstorm coming. And, and Brian Busby says it's going to be a polar vortex of thunder snow. And then they wake up the next day to a light dusting and they still have to go to school. Or, or a farmer who, who desperately needs rain for his crops and, and the wind and the clouds come and it looks promising, but it never rains. Have you ever met anybody like that? They're always talking about what they're going to do, what they're going to give, who they're going to be, but it rarely pans out. Do you do that? Do you make promises that you have no intention of keeping? You do it all the time, and, and, and so do I. Here are some common unkept promises. We'll do that tomorrow, son. I'll return it as soon as I'm done with it. I'll pay you back as soon as I'm paid. I won't go out with anyone else but you. I'll be home at 6 p.m., honey, or I'll start my diet on Monday. And we'll have an ouch moment there. <laughs> Proverbs 10.9 says that, that people with integrity walk safely. Reliability produces stability. It gives you confidence. When you have integrity, you don't have to have a good memory because you don't have to remember all the lies you told people just to cover them up. When I was in little, uh, Sneed's Barbecue had a, a big plastic pig near the exit doors. Now, that pink pig was stuffed with all sorts of treasures and trinkets, and if you as a kid finished your dinner, you were allowed to pick a single item as a reward. Well, one visit, I decided to stretch the limits of my integrity, and I grabbed two items. 
When we got home, my little sister, isn't it wonderful how loving, inspiring, and concerned with your character little sisters can be? (laughs) My little sister told my parents what I had done. I tried to come up with a story very quickly uh, as to why I was lucky enough to have two items. It didn't go over well. (laughs) My dad drove me back to Sneed's that instant so I could apologize to the restaurant manager. Pretty embarrassing. And I also recall going home that evening and receiving a punishment that affected how I sat down for the rest of the night. (laughs) But I shared that with you because it wasn't just about my dad talking the talk. Years later, I learned that my father lost a good job because of his integrity. He became aware of some co-workers conducting, shall we say, less than honorable sales practices. When he called attention to it, he was invited to find a new job. I always admired him for, for standing up for what was right, even at a personal cost. His integrity helped him to avoid being lumped in with all the others when those dishonest acts came back to light. So ask yourself, how honest am I with my family, with my friends, with my employer, with my competitors? How honest am I with God? Can I be counted on? So to earn respect, you must speak with integrity. And then number two, serve with intensity. Serve with intensity. Be eager to help others, enthusiastic about doing good, ready to serve. Proverbs 14, 22. Will you read this verse with me? You will earn the res- trust and respect of others if you work for good. You know, for many, the basic approach to their life has been, well, what can I get out of this? Not what can I give, but, but what can I get? People treat work that way, and life, and church. What am I going to get out of church? Not what can I give to the Lord, but Do I treat church like a cruise ship where I expect to be served? Or do I treat church like a battleship where I'm part of the mission? Am I a consumer or a contributor? Jesus said it like this in Mark 9.35. He sat down, called the 12 disciples over to him and said, Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. That's such a foreign concept in our society serving with intensity, living for others, having a purpose greater than yourself. I used to teach elementary school, and we'd often do activities that revolved around the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, the answers varied. Uh, Pro football player, rock star, fashion designer. Uh, And there was this one kid, and this will always stick with me, what do you want to be when you grow up? She said yellow. Not exactly sure what happened to her. Now, I, I, I never had a, a kid say, I want, when I grow up, I want to be a servant. But that's what Jesus was. Mother Teresa said it like this, it's not what we do that matters, but how much love we put into it. Serving with intensity, that's the, the secret to success. Find a need and fill it. Find a way to help other people. You know, great people are just ordinary people committed to great causes, serving with intensity. I think about our dream teams. Here at Rockbrook, 
We call those who serve to glorify God, putting others first, uh, members of the dream team. It takes a lot to pull off four services every weekend, the special events, the classes, the, the small groups, and that includes all the behind-the-scenes preparation that, that goes along throughout the week. It, it takes a lot of heart, time, and energy to care for those who need in need to reach out for those who are hurting and to go through the training which ensures excellence. I am blessed and blown away by how our dream teams serve with intensity even when they think that nobody else notices. So what are you living for? Do you have good goals? God goals? Or are they just self-serving goals? Do you have any goals greater than just making gobs of money, shooting that perfect buck, or getting today's Wordle in, in less than two tries. People who know where they're headed, who have direction and purpose, an unselfish cause to live for, they, they serve with intensity and they earn respect. Great opportunities, great occasions for serving God, they come along seldom, but, but little ones surround us daily. Random acts of kindness are, are all well and good, but do you have an intentional plan to serve with intensity. So the Bible says you speak with integrity, and when you serve with intensity, that brings respect. Here's another one. Share with generosity. You know, generous people are respected. And I'm not talking about the celebrities with an entourage buying all their friends' sports cars, or those leave $1,000 tips just when someone else is looking. This is about genuine generosity. Psalm 112.9 says, They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. Circle those two words, give generously. If you want to be respected in life, be generous. Share with generosity. When we gather for someone's funeral, no one is remembered for what they accumulated or hoarded. They're honored and respected for the time and energy that they gave to others. I have a mentor who is also one of my best friends. Now, I won't embarrass him by saying his name, but many of you know him and have been blessed by his generosity. You know, if you Google the word generosity, he's going to be at least in the top five. This guy will step up and step in wherever there's a need, an appliance on the fritz that needs fixing a motor or rotor that's making a funny sound, a speed bump in a relationship that requires sound advice, and even the occasional biff in the back of the head, done lovingly, when I act the fool. He generously holds me accountable. This friend of mine is so incredibly generous with his time, his talents, and his treasure. And we have a number of people like that around here at Rockbrook. There must be something in the water or the coffee pot in the lobby. Proverbs 11.25 says, A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And I get it, that's counterintuitive. But the more you give away, the more you get. It's like giving blood. You give it away, and God restores it back to your life. You cannot outgive God. God restores back to you. As you give away, as you share with generosity, God shares back with you. you know, somebody once said that there are three kinds of givers. There's the, the flint, 
there's the sponge, and there's the honeycomb. To get anything out of a flint, you've got to hammer it, and you've got to hammer it hard. When you hammer it, sparks fly. Have you ever known any givers like that? To get anything out of a sponge, you've got to squeeze it. And the more pressure you put on it, the more it gives. There are people like that. They only give under pressure. Then there's the honeycomb that just overflows with sweetness. Ask yourself, what kind of giver am I? The Christian life can be summarized in one word, give. That's the Christian life. God so loved the world that he gave. Jesus said, as you give your life away for the benefit of others, you find your own life. Self-esteem comes from service. The more you serve, the higher your self-esteem rises. So if you want to earn the respect of others, you speak with integrity, you serve with intensity, you share with generosity, and then number four, you succeed with humility. Do you agree that, that success can ruin people? I mean, have you seen it ruin somebody? Have you watched those documentaries on VH1? It happens all the time. Proverbs 29, 23 says, Pride ends in humiliation, while humility brings honor. My first year teaching, I had to speak at back-to-school night, and I wanted to dress to impress, to, to show the parents that I had what it took, uh, and to be honest, maybe hide a, a little bit of nervousness. So I, I put on a, a three-piece suit, I gave my shoes a mirror shine. I tied my tie into a double Windsor. I was putting on the Ritz. I gave my presentation, only to realize when I got home that my fly was down the entire night. <laughs> Not my finest hour. <laughs> yes, I checked it five times before I came out this morning. The Bible says, clothe yourselves in humility. When you're clothed in humility, you're dressed for success. And it doesn't matter where you buy your clothes. God says, clothe yourself in humility. Patrick says, check your fly. The Bible says, before honor is humility. And the Bible says, pride goes before destruction. If you're not humble, you'll stumble. That one's not a verse, but it rhymes, so you're welcome. It's ironic. We think the way to get respected is to pretend that we're perfect, to put on an image of success and perfection. We pose and post and pretend on social media to, to get likes, to just impress other people. We think that image raises respect. You know, arrogance turns people off. Hey, single people, humility is attractive not arrogance. Prideful people are not enjoyable to be around. They're an irritation. It's humility that gains respect. So how can you spot a humble person? Well, here's the biggie. They're not walking around with a sign that says humble. Will you read this next verse for me from Proverbs 27? Fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but a person is tested by being praised. Every time you're complimented, think, this is a test. How do you handle praise? Humility is not putting yourself down, walking around saying, I'm, I'm no good, I'm lousy. 
Humility is not denying your strengths. God gave you strengths. It's stupid to deny them. Humility is being honest about your weaknesses and realizing that God has done so much for you. And other people have done so much for you. And you can't take credit for everything in your life because it's not all up to you. There are other factors involved that that are totally beyond your control. But the Bible says in Galatians 6.4 that you can take pride in the things that you have control over. Take pride in the fact that you're developing a godly character. Take pride that you're raising a godly family. Humility doesn't mean ignoring the successes in your life. It, It just means sharing the credit and realizing that so much of what you have, you wouldn't have any of it if it weren't for God. You succeed with humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking about yourself less. So what do you want to be remembered for? What are you going to be remembered for? Parents, what are your kids going to remember about you? That, that you were never around? That you were impatient? That you had a temper? That you were unreliable or inconsistent? That you cared more about social media than you did about your family? That you watched TV more than you read your Bible? Husbands and wives, what are your spouses going to remember about you? That you complained or or nagged all the time? That you were never content with what you had? That you you always wanted more? That there's a permanent U-shaped indention on the couch? That you were moody? That you never had any fun? Wouldn't it be great if people could say about you, I was so blessed to know her. He was such a great influence in my life. I am so thankful to God that I knew that person. For people to be able to say that my husband was an incredible spiritual leader or my wife enriched me more than anyone else on the planet. Wouldn't it be great to have something said about you just like that? Well, it's possible. I mean, it's your choice. Character is always a matter of choice. Your character, which brings respect, is determined by the choices you make on a daily basis, your pattern of behavior. It's your choice what kind of character you're going to have. And you cannot control the circumstances in your life, but you can control your character. Image can be changed overnight. Just ask anyone in the public eye. But character takes a lifetime to develop. And character is what you're going to bring with you to heaven. So what are you more interested in? Image or character? What are you more likely to measure? What, what will other people think? Or, or what does God think about my life? Now, I know that the sermon title is Earning the Respect of Others, but consider this. If you live and act the way Jesus did, pleasing God, won't you earn the respect of others? The Bible tells us that, that God's purpose for your life is to make you like Jesus. God wants you to develop Christ-like character. You're supposed to be like Jesus. And God wants to use all of the circumstances in your life to develop your character. Now, I'm not going to give you a list of new things. Jesus is our model. This is a picture of Jesus. 
Jesus spoke with integrity, served with intensity, shared with generosity, and succeeded with humility. And God wants you to be like him. Philippians chapter 2, starting with verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God wants you to be a servant. Jesus said, I I came to serve, not to be served. And that's the exact opposite of what our society says. Today's culture asks, well, what's in it for me? But that philosophy is a dead philosophy that just does not work. It it doesn't bring fulfillment. It doesn't bring self-esteem. Self-esteem comes from service. But the problem for Christians is this. We want to be servants of God, but we don't want to be servants of, of anybody else. We don't mind serving God. You know, I'm God's servant. That's honorable. It's noble to serve God. When we serve other people, that's humbling. You know, we don't want to serve other people. Uh, People are are rude. People probably won't say thank you. Uh, People should do more to help themselves. Whether or not that's true, the fact is you can't serve God without serving people. And I want to invite you to make a radical change in your life. There'll be a complete flip from the flow of society. Society says, what's in it for me? I'm gonna do my own thing. I'm gonna fill my schedule with with activities that center and revolve around me. I'm gonna do whatever's convenient, whatever's comfortable. Well, here's my charge to you. Do the complete opposite of that. Start thinking and acting like a servant. Serving others is the way Jesus did it your self-esteem will soar. Get your eyes off of yourself and start serving others. Jesus said, give your life away to find it. There are a lot of areas in the world that that need your help. Here at Rockbrook, we have a number of serving opportunities. Now, I I know our dream teams do an incredible job of making it look like we have everything covered, but allow me to let you in on something. There are needs here that just aren't being filled. But even more important is the fact that you need to be serving others. It's one of the purposes God made you for. You are specially designed, made specially to fill one of those spots. And our growth track classes can help you discover your design and get plugged into serving on a dream team that that fits your design and your interests. There are so many opportunities if you're willing to just put yourself out there. I came to serve, not to be served. I challenge you to follow Jesus' example and give your life away. And as you do that, find meaning and purpose 
in significance, in self-esteem, and respect. The Bible says respected people speak with integrity, serve with intensity, give with generosity, and succeed with humility. Will you bow your heads? What we've talked about today is the exact opposite of our culture. Culture says live for yourself. Pretend you're perfect. Set up an image and hopefully people will respect you. But God says no. Give your life away. Speak with integrity because respected people don't tell lies. Keep your promises. Serve with intensity. You'll earn the trust and respect of others if you work for good. If your goals are good, you'll be respected. What are your goals? Are they just personal goals? Or do you have a goal to make a difference in the world? To make your life count? To have a greater purpose for life? Fulfillment is a byproduct of service. Share with generosity. Say, God, I don't want to be a flint. I don't want to be a sponge. I want to be a honeycomb and overflow in the giving of my time, energy, and service. And trust that God will refresh you as you refresh others. Then succeed with humility because praise is a test of character. Good people remember it as a blessing, but the wicked will soon be forgotten. What are people going to remember about you? We say a simple prayer today. God, will you help me to start speaking with integrity at work and at home and at school? Will you help me serve with intensity? What in your life are you doing without personal profit? Share with generosity. Say, Lord, help me to be a sharing, generous person to overflow and to succeed with humility. Lord, I want to be grateful for all you've done for me. This is what it means to be like Jesus. This is what it means to have the character of Christ. You can't have the character of Christ unless you have him in your life. And if you've never said yes to him, would you do that today? Say, yes, Jesus Christ, I want you to come in and give me the power I need to become the person you want me to be. Jesus, I want to be like you. Come into my life. Give me the power to make those changes. I want to know you. Say yes to Christ today. Lord, thank you for your word. Help us to be servants, not only of you, but of each other. And help us to live unselfishly in a selfish world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.